Welcome to Food and Loathing, your weekly glimpse into the Las Vegas restaurant and bar scene and all of the fun and insanity that surrounds it. I'm Al Mancini, joined by Jason Harris and producer Rich Johnson. Since this is our first episode, it's probably a good idea to tell you what this podcast is all about. Short version. After 20 years of covering Las Vegas and over 15 years of covering the local dining scene, I've come to the conclusion that nothing I've ever written has been nearly as valuable or as informative to the average foodie as the typical conversation I get into with my foodie friends. So why not just invite you into these conversations? And there's nobody I'd rather chew the fat of some A5 Wagyu with than Jason Harris. Yay, we're friends! And we're also food writers, so we might as well talk about food together. You know this scene, I know this scene, we go out together, we go out separately, we compare our uh, notes on different restaurants, so I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about restaurants, talking about the movers and the shakers, the chefs, the cool events. This is going to be a good podcast, Al. So this is the part of the show where we would actually normally just discuss all of the restaurants we visited over the past week. Truth is, I've had quite a few, from the grand opening of Bobby Flay's Amalfi, which you were at with me, to the anniversary dinner I had at um, Virgin Hotel's New One Steakhouse, also to a visit to the Bacchanal Buffet, where, Jason, you were acting like some grandfather trying to get in on the early bird special. But where have you been over the past week that I haven't been? Well, I went up to see the man I call the young goat, Chris Decker, our, one of my favorite pizza makers, not just in town, but in the world. He's cooking, as we all know, as we know, out of Metro Pizza in the Northwest. And he made me this crazy pie that I've never had before. And I've never been in a situation where I couldn't describe a pizza until this very moment. So Decker surprises me again. It was kind of thin crust, but not too thin. It was not in a New York style per se, but it was circular with triangle slices. It was uh, it was a really interesting piece of pizza. So you attribute that lack of um, words to his pizza, not to the fact that you just decided to get tongue-tied on our very first podcast. I, I don't know words or how to read, and it's better that the audience know this ahead of time, Al, but I do know <laughs> pizza, and I know I've never had a pizza like this before. It was kind of thick kind of thin a little bar pie style a little new york style what are you doing mashing him up and creating something new maybe that becomes the vegas style of pizza okay well look for the future podcast episodes let's put pizza right up at the top of the list we're going to do a segment entirely about pizza very very soon but let's be honest tonight this is our premiere episode and it is being released today for a very specific reason and that is because resorts world is now open the first opening on the strip in god knows how long i don't even remember do you i don't but we're here and we're enjoying it and uh we got to sec- check out some cool things here tonight right so we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back we're going to talk about everything that we have seen at resorts world at the opening night party the opening night media events all that stuff coming up to you in just a few seconds this is food and loathing I'm Josh Bell. I'm Jason Harris. Hey, Josh, we're friends in real life, but we're also co-hosts on this new podcast called Awesome Movie Year, where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies and do a deep dive looking at movies, including the best picture winner, the biggest movie at the box office, future cult classics, and more. Including the biggest flop. And this season, we're doing 1994. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. We're all over the web as well. at Awesome Movie Year on all the socials and Awesome Movie movieyear.com so please like us subscribe and uh, if you do like us give us a five-star rating because we love you 
Welcome back. And when we promised you Resorts World, man, we delivered. We are sitting here in the middle of the grand opening. The general public has not even been allowed in yet on opening night. They're, they're gathered outside, ready to come in the doors. Um, I got to check out the ribbon cutting, which was awesome. You guys were inside enjoying the party. I saw a dragon dance. I saw the Hilton sisters. Uh, yeah, wait a second. A ribbon cutting was awesome? What, what made this ribbon cutting so special as opposed to other ribbon cuttings? I kind of have always had a thing for Paris Hilton, and I was seated rather close to her. Okay. and right. um, well, not, I was standing rather close to her, although Nikki was wearing the more revealing outfit, but I'm not going to go into that. Well, no, I don't I, want to get me too or anything. No, and we don't want you to either, but I just want to know what made this ribbon cutting different than like the new Lowe's down the street okay. or something no, like you know, that. Let, so. like, let's talk about this, because I have to say, I was two years ago, I was a jaded guy. If they were to open a, a $4 billion resort on the Strip, I would have loathed coming out here, right? I wouldn't have been all about it, but after quarantine, I am excited. I'm excited about every tacky, every goofy, every a ridiculous aspect of a Las Vegas opening. This is fun, man. Yeah, this is fun and you make a good point in that we're spoiled brats we get to do stuff like this all the time and we have been jaded but we're trying to really see it through the eyes of you know people who don't have the access that we do and hopefully we uh stop being such jerks about it right al yeah so i can say a ribbon cutting's awesome (laughs) damn it you can you can say a ribbon cutting's awesome uh we went all over first of all as you told me because i know you had a tour of this property earlier this week the space is amazing it is the most spacious casino i've ever seen you know you have so much room to walk about you never feel crowded anywhere really well designed like that that's the thing that kind of blew me away here first yeah and i mean from the little things like the distance between where the carpet ends on the casino floor and then where the walls are that kind of marble floor area that seems like twice as big three times as big as other casinos and i know that seems like a small thing but it gives you that sense of space that sense of airiness also we have three separate casinos in here i think 3500 rooms between all of them um they're all hilton brand which is why the Hilton ladies were here. Ah. Uh, But that being said, none of them, when you walk through the lobby of any of the casinos, you cannot see, or excuse me, the lobby of any of the hotels, you can't see the casino floor. They're very separate. Yeah, that's interesting. Another thing is that there's food in every corner of this place. You know, there's a high-end restaurant down this hall, a high-end restaurant down that hall, and of course the very long, spread-out, famous food hall, which is uh, kind of their version of a hawker market, but it's totally spacious and different than what you would expect with like cramped stalls all in a night market to be. Yeah, and well, the thing is, you know, it's their version of a Hawker food hall. I'm going to be dead on honest. It is a food court. I said the same thing about when they opened one at the Cosmopolitan. Um, that was a food court. I think this is the same company. Uh, this one, they tried to remedy, I think, the problems over at the Cosmo being that when sometimes we're in, you're in the Cosmo's kind of food court thing, you can't find a place to sit. So there's a lot more seating at this one. The flip side of that is while you'll always be able to find a place to seat, to sit, it does feel a bit more like a mall or an airport food court than some of the other places. And as a customer, it's not as accessible to walk from one end to the other. When you're in the Cosmo, it's all right there, right? right? So there are people who like to peruse and know every option, and it's you know spread out. So you, you might not get that if you're lazy and just want to eat. I don't know anyone like that except myself. But the goal honest. is don't be lazy because in that food court or hawker stand or whatever you want to call it, there are some tremendous restaurants in there. I didn't get to, to get any bites of them tonight but i did have a few bites of james trees stuff a couple of weeks ago what he's going to be serving there um and yeah they're they're bringing people in from asia they're bringing people right from here in las vegas a wide variety of dishes available and 
And let's clarify, it's not that they have Grubhub in here, which everybody's saying, but they're using technology powered by Grubhub so that you can order your food from any of the restaurants or, or stands in here and have them delivered to your seat at the pool or, at, um, or to your hotel room. So that's a really cool way to be able to order room service. Yeah, I think so. Uh, here's the things we tried, if you want to know. We also tried the meatball parms from uh, Maz Bar, which is James's place, and that's going to be a home run. It's delicious. Uh, we had, I feel like, three different riffs on Hainan Chicken. So, sh- so shout out to Sheridan, <laughs> Sheridan Sue, not the only Hainan Chicken in town, right? Who was doing it before anyone in this town? Uh, I got to try some of the Malaysian clay pot rice, which was interesting. I don't think everything's dialed in yet. I'm going to be honest, but we know, like, if you go to a restaurant or you know any type of eatery, six months after it's open, the flavors are a little more dialed in. The crew's a little more dialed in. So, I as thought- opposed to opening night when the the public hasn't even entered yet. And it's already mobbed, and they're just trying to keep up with the rush. So we're not really ripping on anything right now. You know, we're we're just giving our first impressions. Beyond the food hall, there is the thing called... Uh, what? Sun's out, buns out, their version of uh, taking on egg slut. Yeah, they're, they're going head to head with there. egg slut on that one. They even have the chairs that remind yeah. me a lot of those seats near egg Some, slut. Something that will be their coffee shop breakfast place that's serving lobster rolls tonight, which not exactly coffee shop fare, but really good. And then in the back, the super, super high end Genting Palace Asian. Oh my, that, that, that second mortgage country there. That place looks beautiful. Um, I'm not a giant fan of high-end Cantonese food because when I'm spending three or $400 a head on food, I generally like to have something I can't get elsewhere. And yet every time I go into a super high-end Cantonese restaurant that charges that, they just bring me the duck to the table and they give me the same damn duck. And I know it's not the same damn duck. And I'm sorry to all my Cantonese chef, friend chefs out there. I know it's amazing, but um, you know, I want something if a little weirder. If you're a Cantonese chef or diner, please write in. Hit us up at Food and Loathing Pod and and tell Al what a bastard he is. But uh, I am a bastard. But no, Genting Palace is beautiful. I mean, that's worth the price of admission just to sit in that room. It's it's the whole space is beautiful. It's going to be worth checking out. I'm excited. I mean, we got LED walls everywhere. They're mood enhancing. Uh, You don't even have to take acid to feel like you're on a trip here. Um, And then, but that doesn't mean you can't, right? No, I think you already did, didn't you? Well, not yet. I still have some work to do. Rich, what I found the best thing about Suns Out, Buns Out is that you actually had your buns out when you went in there. You yeah. you went for it. You know, went in Genting. When, right. He thought it was an order, so, not yeah. its name. <laughs> well, uh, we did get into uh, – I got into Viva, which is uh, Ray Garcia's place. And it's an interesting space because the bar is so – prevalent up front and you kind of have to move through there to get to the back so that'll be interesting he of course of broken spanish in la a renowned chef uh mexican kind of los yeah. los angelino style mexican yeah we also- and I, he's he's really big on making his own tortillas and and grinding the corn and all that right do i am i am i correct on that L- lots of um kind of uh heirloom organic um you know, uh, ingredients, and if he's not making them, he's sourcing them from the people who do make right. them, right? They have a nice patio. I saw the patio out there of Ray Garcia's patio. It looks really cool. Yeah. Directly next door to that, Nicole's got a patio. Amazing. That's Brezza. That's our friend Nicole Brisson, who we've talked about in a number of uh, spaces. She was at Carnivino and then Locale, and I think she's found the right home here right now for what she wants to do. High-end steakhouse. The patio's beautiful. I actually got to interview her uh, with Rich tonight. We got to catch up with her for a couple of minutes would you like to hear it wow i only got to say hi to her and she fed me some cauliflower pasta but i didn't get to really 
interview her. So let's hear what, what she said to you. How's it going? Great, great. I mean, it's <laughs> it's going. It's it's opening day, so I mean, it's exciting. We're seeing all our partners here in the hotel just opening, and everybody's excited, and it's a, a lot of enthusiasm. What food are you excited about besides your own in this hotel? Oh, there's so, there's so much. I mean, the the famous food hall I think is where I'll be every afternoon, just kind of eating lunch. Um, I'm really excited about Viva Next Door. I'm excited about. I'm really excited about Wally's. You know, it's a a super exciting concept with just a ton of wine variety, great food. Um, Eric, who's a good friend of mine, is a chef over there, and I, I've been waiting for him to be cooking again. And we're actually in the same casino again. He was at. Pinot Brasserie when I was at Carne Vino, and now we're back under the same roof again. Well, talking about that, I think a lot of people have been waiting for you to find your way back to the Strip. We obviously love you, you know, as part of the local community, but we need, you know, kind of that higher-end Nicole Brisson food. What can we expect here at Brezza? Uh, well, I mean, we, we have such a great menu. I'm really excited about it. It's fresh, it's clean, it's simple, but elevated in a lot of ways. Um, obviously a, a gorgeous grill that we have as the focus for a lot of the meat-centric dishes. The first half of the menu is just clean, bright antipasti that, with a huge crudo section. Um, that's, that's how I like to dine, so I'm excited about that. And then all our fresh handmade pasta. So um, I think there's kind of been a void for good Italian food for a little while on the Strip, and we're bringing it back, and we're excited to welcome our customers back. Are we going to ever see that 90-day uh, aged ribeye like we had at Carnivino? It's coming. So I, I have a, a dry aged meat locker that I just recently took over here in town. And uh, it's our steaks are at 90, should be about 95 days right now. So they'll be 90 to 120 days, just like Carne Vino. It'll take us a while to build the flora, but we're excited to be collaborating with Creekstone on this and, and it's coming back. It's exciting. Dry aged meat locker sounds like a 90s cover band to me. Like they just played emo and uh, grunge covers, but that's irrelevant, I guess. I mean, when you open, you always run into issues that you're not foreseeing. Has there been anything you've run into that was an unforeseen issue and how have you handled that? I think this was just a different opening in so many ways. And it was partly because Jason and I were just so personally invested into it. You know, we picked out the, the colors of the wall, the materials of the, the furniture, you know, the carpeting, the lighting. I mean, every, we were just so invested in every every aspect of this restaurant. So it was, it was I, I think we were just taking every decision very personally. Thanks for dropping by. This does not get you off the hook for an extended guest appearance on the podcast. Of course, see you soon. I had the cauliflower pasta too, but I'll tell you what I really love there tonight was the cannoli. Did you know they brought over the pastry chef from, or one of the pastry chefs from Robichon to work at Brezza? And I think it's going to really uh, elevate the entire dining experience there. Oh, why? Do they have good desserts at Robichon? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Robichon. <laughs> Never mind. I'm, yeah, the, the, the food's been great there. Of course, Kamel was their great pastry chef, but they've they've never missed a beat after he left as well. Yes. Uh, Al made a little funny insider foodie joke there for all of you people who uh, are wondering why he laughed and I didn't. Um, <laughs> so I love the space of Brezza. I think this is a really unique layout. It looks different than any casino I've seen. The way the restaurants are set up are different. And uh, I tried some vegan ice cream. It was pretty good. And uh, from... I didn't take the name down because I'm really good at my job. Yeah. And, uh, was it Craig's Vegan or something <laughs> yeah. like that? I believe it's, yeah, I believe you got the name right there, but I'm not going to try since I don't have my cheat sheet in front of me right now. But let me ask you this, both of you guys, like, you know, we had bites tonight. Uh, we had some beautiful Wagyu from uh, Carver Steak. What are the restaurants when 
kind of things have settled down or, you know, any of the eateries that you're looking forward to getting into? Definitely Nicole's place because I asked her about the 90 day. She gave me this great answer. I, I got to be there for that. I got to put up rather than shut up. You love the funk on your steaks. Yes. I want to try it. I, it it's, it's a novelty thing. I wouldn't do it every time I go out for steak, but that once every five years, yeah. I, I only go you. out to st- for steak about once a year, and I want it as funky as yeah, possible. Yeah, you want that. We want the funk. Got to have that funk. Thank you, <laughs> George Clinton. Al, what about or you? Or are what? you Bootsy? I couldn't tell. I think I'd be more of a Bootsy Collins You seem type. more of a Bootsy. Yeah. What uh, What about you? What are you looking forward to trying, Al? Of course I'm looking t- uh, looking forward to Brezza. Um, I'm also looking forward to Viva, especially because of those tortillas, the whole idea of the heirloom corn varieties he's using. I've been doing some research on that. Hopefully we could do a story on that sometime down the line. Um, super excited about that. Um, I want to try Marigold. I think Marigold is going to be a lot of fun, just sort of as a, I think there's sort of a sister restaurant to Holstein's just for a burger kind of deal. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting places because how many, what places, Carver Steak, of course, is going to be cool. Um, you know, that, I, I feel like that's going to be for the beautiful people to be hanging out in that place. And since I am not very beautiful, I don't know that I'll be intimidated to go in there. I think Wally's is going to be a kind of seen and be seen spot, too. The layout's really nice. You can see the grill in there, and I think people are going to want to, you know, uh, hang out at that spot. I agree with you guys. Um, we're talking about Viva, I really do think we have uh, – um, I don't want to say a hole in the market, but there's definitely room for elevated or more high-end Mexican food. You know, there are some places, but I think uh, that this place, if it's as good as the stuff he was doing in L.A., could really, really make a name for itself uh, out in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think I, I definitely think that it could. Um, we, we were talking about some other places, and I totally singed there, man. Well, you got well, me excited about Viva. Were there any places <laughs> oh, in the— Wally's. You mentioned Wally's, yes. right? Now, I'm not much of a, a wine drinker. I don't know a lot about wine, but when I chatted with the, the owners from Wally's, the things they told me they were going to have available by the glass, even my dumbass knew that it was kind of ridiculous. Like Romani Conti, DRC, by the glass, um, that's like, what, a $10,000 bottle of wine or something? I, I cannot imagine—I hope someone buys me a glass of that. Any of you people want to buy me a glass of that, please do. Well, if it's after 74, you can count me out, because you know I don't drink anything after 74. Because it's just piss after <laughs> 74. Oh, <laughs> Is there anything in the food hall? We didn't get to Street Bird, which is Marcus Samuelson's place, the fried chicken. I really want to try that. Yeah, that's super cool. I love the idea of Marcus Samuelson being here in town, so I'm excited. I haven't. Last time I saw him was at the Vegas PBS studios, yeah. and um, he loves Las Vegas, and he loves our Chinatown. He really loves exploring Las Vegas, so I feel like he's not going to be an absentee celebrity chef. Well, I talking about celebrities, was your best celebrity sighting tonight the Hilton sisters at the ribbon cutting? Well, I sent you a picture of Jeff Ross. You who did. was sitting like two seats down from the Hilton it sisters. It would have been nice if he roasted you. I would have loved it if you roasted me. Um, I can beat you on these celebrity sightings. Who have you seen? I saw Steve Aoki at his skewer stand making skewers, quote unquote, making skewers. That's pretty damn cool. <laughs> yeah. Was he like whittling down the sticks into skewers or was he putting the meat I, on the skewers? It, he, the skewers were there and I think they were like, hey, Steve, put the skewer here. And he was like, I'm making skewers. But uh, That's awesome. it, was, it was super nice and he, he said that we should come in and try it. And I told him. 
You know what? We will try it, and uh, then I'll teach you a thing or two about being a DJ, fella. And he actually, people forget, his father founded Benihana and also brought down the Wolf of Wall Street, but that's a whole other issue. (laughs) The whole family. Is it his father or his grandfather? I thought it was his father, but there's so much great food here, and I think that we're going to have a lot of, you know, we're going to be back for weeks and months exploring everything here. Look, I'm excited about this place. It's brand new. Um, It's open now. Look, unlike a lot of the places on the Strip, we touched on this. This has a lot of local chefs cooking here. A lot is a word or two that I might not have used there. There are some local chefs represented. Are there enough here on the Strip? That's a question that remains to be answered. Well, we found two people with um, very different opinions on this, two chefs with very different opinions on this, and I have some opinions on it as well. This is Food and Loathing. I'm Jonathan Jossel. Who are you? I said, I'm the mayor. Actually, I'm the CEO of the Plaza Hotel and Casino. We're located on the corner of Main Street. That's also the name of our podcast. The only podcast produced by a Vegas hotel. That introduction right there is bigger than any other introduction. If you're missing Vegas, in between visits, or just Vegas curious. I absolutely love, love, love to play slots. Join the fun every week right here on our podcast on the corner of Main Street. And welcome back to Food and Loathing. I'm Al Mancini, still with Jason Harris and producer Rich. But joining me now for this segment, we have two of my favorite people in Las Vegas. We have the man that I originally called the Yoda of pizza probably about 10 or 15 years ago. And I'm happy to say it sort of stuck. Mr. John Arena of Metro Pizza. Uh, John, I've said this a million times, but I'm going to say it again. The way you talk about pizza, it's almost like a religious experience. It's like a very Zen philosophy. And you you understand that better than anybody. You also understand community, building a community here in Las Vegas. You've been here forever, dating back to 1980, um, before anybody was doing anything cool culinary-wise in Las Vegas. So it is always great to have John Arena with me. We also have James Trees, who, man, you are the hottest chef in Las Vegas these days. Um, the Arts District's on fire in many ways, thanks to you, bringing Esther's Kitchen there a few years ago. You're in Resorts World with Maz Bar. You're out at Tivoli Village with a couple of restaurants. You've got Al Salido Posto, which I finally remember how to say. You know, it took me forever to forget that one or to remember that one. And Ada's. So, um, first of all, thank you guys for being here. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Cool. Um, I, I wanted to talk, John, you are always such a, such a positive person. You're always so happy about what's going on in Las Vegas. Something struck me on Facebook back on April 6th, and you posted, okay, I'll admit it, I'm a little angry. Recently, a soon-to-open mega resort on the Strip announced their restaurant lineup include, included was a California-based New York slice shop. Congratulations to them, because you're always a class guy, John. But really, wake up casino execs. There are local pizza makers who could have created really special New York-style pizza in that space. And you name a lot of them. You give props to a lot of our great pizza makers. I thought this was interesting because when you are angry or upset about something, John, I think about it long and hard. I think, is this an issue that we have? Is this a problem that we have? And I don't know that I agreed with you on this one. So I want to I get at it. Was it just pizza that you think the strip is not including local chefs or is it the restaurant strips not bringing enough off strip or locally born talent into their casinos in general and naturally my viewpoint goes towards pizza all the time but it's not just it's not just pizza i don't think that the local chefs get the recognition they deserve or the opportunities they deserve and it's like 
every hotel is always in love with the, with somebody from out of town when there are people all over the city that are doing amazing things and could be given that opportunity. Okay. Now, I thought it was odd because it seemed like you were talking about Resorts Worlds. Correct me if I'm wrong there. But um, I look at the Resorts World opening and I look at how many local chefs are actually in that building right now. I mean, we have Nicole Brisson doing two restaurants in there with, with Braza and Barzazu. We have James Trees, who I'm about to ask his opinion on that, doing Ma's Bar. We have Marigold, which is coming from uh, Billy Richardson's organization here in Las Vegas. Nori Bar, I believe that's also from Billy. Um, and no, we have Gatsby. Nor, nori Bar Teka Bar. Teka Bar. Uh, so it's like Nori Bar is um, uh, APC, A Perfect Bite. That's the people okay. I'm paired up with to do uh, Mott's Bar. Okay. Yeah. So we have them. That's also Vegas-born. And um, and then we also have Gatsby's, which is Click Hospitality, which is a right. Vegas-born thing. So I get your sentiment that, that, in general, you don't see a lot of Las Vegas restaurants being brought onto the Strip. This one seems to have them. I'm wondering if, if you just feel they're still not doing enough with that, that number of people. And how do you feel about people like James, the fact that they are there, and Nicole? I think it's wonderful, and I think they deserve to be there, and I think there should be more of it. Cool. And it shouldn't just be Resorts World. And, it's, you know, that, that was a reference particularly to, to pizza. Okay. But, um, but in, terms of, in terms of other opportunities and other hotels... There should be those opportunities. You know, I don't want to name names, but why are they bringing in somebody, you know, some pseudo-famous chef from from New York or from England when they have James, Chef James here? Right. Well, and if uh, I could jump in, Al, Nicole, we all consider a local and part of our community, but she became ingrained in our community uh, through another restaurant group from outside of here, right? Yeah, so, through the Batali group, for right. those who don't know. Yes, she was Mario Batali's pretty much running his stuff here in Las Vegas. Yeah, so she's, you know, we consider her part of the Las Vegas scene and Las Vegas local, and we're excited that she's there. But I hear what John's saying, because I'm thinking about it right now. The only restaurant I can think of on the Strip is Harvest by Roy Elamar, who came up through the ranks and got his name on a restaurant in a casino from the... Uh, from starting in a casino as a local and working his way up. I, you know, and I think you guys are all right. And I, and it's weird for me to be the guy kind of defending the casinos here because that's not, you know, not normally where I you come sold from. sold out, bro. Yeah, I sold out. Well, I mean, I, I actually, I, I, unf I don't want to say unfortunately, because I agree with you pretty much. I mean, like there, don't get me wrong. Resort world is a sea change in a sea of the same. Right. So I, I see them actually doing the work to uh, to do exactly what John's talking about, which is diversify. And I get it like, uh, you know, Steve Aoki and his brother, uh, you know, doing a pizza spot. But they're not. They're not doing the pizza spot. They're doing the uh, yakitori thing. Right. So their dad, L.A. guy, grew up in restaurants. Those boys grew up in restaurants. You know, he's a world famous DJ and they put a like a little thing in there. Um, I mean, honestly, like. There are a million people they could have asked, you know, they could ask, you know, John Allers, they could ask uh, Vinny, they could ask you, they could ask, the, but you know, it's, it's just, I, I understand where they're coming from, but they have done a lot. And I, I think they need to be recognized for actually reaching out and doing the work. There's a lot of other companies that need to do that work, yeah. you know? You know, and here's what I wonder, though. 
this is everybody's going to hate me for saying this. Why do they need to do that work when so few people in Las Vegas go to the Strip ever? And when they do, all they do is bitch about the price, the price to park, the price of the slice of pizza, the price of whatever. They don't want to pay the premium to be there. They would rather. And James, and this is where you come in. Yeah. I mean, you're taking a big step. People know you from the suburbs. They're right. used to your suburbs pricing. They're yep. used to your your suburb. You know, they're used to your Vegas pricing. Now you're going to be down there on the Strip. I don't know. Have you had to? You know, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be a bit pricier there. Yeah, it's a couple think, more bucks. Do you think your regular customers are going to travel to the Strip, or are you trying to reach the out-of-town customers? I mean, we have to remember that our biggest feeder market is L.A., and one of the reasons why they wanted me in there is because of my tie to L.A., not my tie to Vegas, right? I have a big pull from L.A. because I have all my friends in all the restaurants I've worked in, all the people that I did, and all the different, you know, L.A. food and wine, all these different things where I've been featured at. That's the reason why they wanted me. And they also knew that... We were going to come in. We were going to do something that was simple. is exactly what they needed to fill the hole with. And we're going to surprise people with the quality. That's what they knew that we would do, right? We would, we would show up and do what we always do, under promise and over deliver. Like my entire, my entire company, all we want to do is under promise and over deliver every single time. And that's why we're known as being a reasonable restaurant that's very busy that you have to, you know, have a reservation to get into. And, and people show up all the time and they complain about we don't have room for them. They're like, oh, I thought you were this like little off-strip restaurant. I'm like, yeah, but this is a town of 2 million people that want to come to the restaurant. So if you're trying to book a weekend, you're booking three, four weeks out. Well, unless you're Jason and you just show up <laughs> or remind me 15 minutes before you decide to come in. Send you a text. <laughs> say, could, you clear up, could you kick somebody else out so Listen, that I can sit down here? We all have our methods. <laughs> you know, that's fine. But How do you get a reservation in Las <clears throat> Vegas? You have Jason get you in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, but I think getting back to what John's saying is like, is there any pizza representation on the strip that showcases how good of a pizza city Las Vegas is? Because, you know, John, you guys have the outposts at Ellis Island. We know Mike is over at the Plaza and you guys are great pizza makers. It would be great to see you guys somewhere on the strip. There's so many, you know, it's Floriana should be should be somewhere on the strip. She's amazing. You know, people like that, even, uh, you know, Gio from Monzu doing incredible stuff. So that comment, that particular comment was not about an opportunity for, for me. It's an opportunity for the pizza culture of, of Las Vegas to be recognized. What and that's what's a, really important. What about flour and barley and uh, in the link, right? Yeah. Those guys are local. They're yeah, cool. that was locally born. Yeah. I, I guess the problem that I have is so many so many locals that I know, and not you, John. Like I said, I respect pretty much everything that comes out of your mouth. But um, so many local people complain: Why doesn't the strip get this? Why doesn't the strip get that? And then they never go to the strip, and they never support it. And I would guarantee you that if you walked through the major resorts in Las Vegas on any given day, there are more people from Los Angeles in that resort than there are that reside in Las Vegas. So if I'm trying to draw those people in, I makes sense to me that I'm going to put up a name they recognize from Los Angeles. 100%. I mean, I don't like that. I wish more locals would go to the Strip. But when I hear people who don't go to the Strip complaining about what's not being offered on the Strip, it sounds sometimes a little disingenuous. I'm not thinking of it in terms of drawing locals to the Strip. The locals are going to go, are going to, go to Chef James's place off the Strip. I'm talking about exposing his talents to a much broader audience, I mean, which I think is important and well-deserved. Yes, sir. And one of the hardest things to do is to get the like food writers and traveling writers and national writers to get off the strip and get out. Because, I mean, like they're staying at the wind for free and they're getting put up and getting walked around to all these different restaurants, right? Yeah. And how do you get them to come to Esther's Kitchen? 
you know what you do is you, you have them go there and eat the same meal in three different restaurants four times. And then, hey, guess what? They're bored. They want to go somewhere else. And then they go and they get the breath of fresh air that is Esther's Kitchen. Or if they can get off the strip even farther and go to Al Salido, I mean, like, then they're like, oh, my gosh, wait, is this Beverly Hills? Like, what is this crowd? Who are these people? These people live here in Vegas. And they're always surprised. Meanwhile, us being locals, we're like, yeah, man, this is us. This is who we are. Yeah, Al Salido, home of the Cougars. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about the sports teams. But um, look, to follow up, I think what John, if I can reiterate, what he's saying is the branding, having James at Resorts World is great because it's going to showcase his brand and it's going to bring even more people to Esther's and Al Salido and Ada's. And that's going to just showcase just how wonderful of a talent not only he is, but what he's representing in the city. To go back to something you said, Al, why aren't more lo- why are we complaining about what's on the strip if we're not going? As someone who does go to the strip for our job, like the strip is not I'd much rather be in the arts district or come down to Metro Pizza. I don't want to go to the strip. I don't want a casino charging me fifteen dollars to park in the city that I live when I grew up here and it was all free parking. Like that's a horrible money grab and you know, uh one of the good things about the last year was that some of the casinos stopped doing that, right? Also there's so much traffic there's this and that you know like you're going for the experience that's great like i will go to those restaurants that we're talking about a harvest because roy is so talented and i want to support that but i also want to be in the suburbs and supporting that i don't know many people who live in las vegas who are not 23 years old who are like i can't wait to go to the strip today right and and i i do think that's a problem with las vegas i also think it's a problem as you said that guests and visitors don't travel more off the strip and you know i've I believe the casino executives really owe it to um, to their guests to inform them as to what they could do when they leave those walls, because maybe that way, instead of people coming to Las Vegas for a three-day vacation or a four-day vacation, they'll come for a seven-day vacation, like they go to another city, and they don't won't feel that all they can do is. I mean, I think you could spend two days exploring the Arts District, and I think you could spend you know a day down on Water Street, and I think yeah. somebody who comes to visit Las Vegas could do all of that stuff and, and experience some amazing amazing food and certainly you should do a pizza tour of las vegas and john could tell you 10 great places to go and they can do that but we know that every casino executive is going to do everything in their power to get you to not go off the strip get you to not go to to james's places get you to not not go to water street not go to the arts district i mean we we have we have great clientele who work in like literally work in the hotels and they tell their guests to come to esther's like, I get calls from my friends at Joe's who work at Joe's Prime Steak and Stone Crab. I get my uh, calls from, I feel calls from everywhere, from every hotel you can imagine. Like, the biggest pusher that we have in, in the hotel game right now is the concierge desk at the Win. The concierge desk in the Win sends 50 people a week to Esther's. That's no joke. Like that that's is, pretty awesome. And that's the thing. It's like, so, like, I mean, like, we have to, we have to actually, you know, we can say generally... That yes, it's hard to get people off the strip, and that's not what we want. But you know what? When Gary and Peggy Selesner are eating in my restaurants three days a week, I'm psyched. And they're tremendous supporters, by the, the way. They're the amazing. They're amazing supporters. And, and that's the thing. It's like, and he's the one who's running those places. Now, have we been talking about deals to go on to the strip? Yes. Are those deals making sense for us? No. So we're not. I'm like, I'm not in a hurry to to water down my off strip presence by going to the strip. Doing something small at Resort World like Mott's Bar, which is very focused and very, you know, boutique-y, and it's awesome. You know, we're excited to be a part of that. Like, I'm excited for the opportunity. Um, But I really do think that 
there's a lot of, there are a lot of hotel executives who have been massively influential in the success of Esther's, who have brought food writers off of the strip, especially to come to my restaurant to highlight it. And for me to speak badly about those guys would be, would be in poor taste because they actually did support me. Vegas at all levels has supported me. John, you know, like one of the first things I ever did was ask John if I could come bake bread in his oven because I didn't have an oven installed at Esther's when we opened, right? Mm-hmm. Poor Dylan was like working till 10 at night, going home, sleeping two hours, and then driving, getting the bread, taking it to, uh, to Sky Point and baking it there and then loading it up and starting the whole process. We didn't have a mixer. We were mixing bread by hand. If it wasn't for the support of John, if it wasn't the support of Ari Castrati, if it wasn't the support of, uh, you know, Gary Selesner, if it wasn't the support of Bart Mahoney, there, I wouldn't have anything. Right. So, I mean, like, give, give the guys their due. So I'll, I'll challenge you on that. And in the future, I think by me having the opportunities, other chefs will have those opportunities as things open up, as the, what are they calling it? The Drew, the James, the Fountain Blue, whatever the hell <laughs> yeah, that whatever is. whatever that big thing is. I don't know. I think there's right. a zombie apocalypse army living in there right Exactly. Now, so <laughs> after, after they clear that out, they're going to need some <laughs> restaurant tours. And let me tell you, like, if we can get, you know, John or uh, Chris or uh, John Allers or all these different guys to come in and do pizza... That would be sick. But we have to admit that that's a, that's a relatively new thing. It is. It but, is. Right. But, to, but, to not forward, reckon, but, yeah. but to not recognize the change is is. There off. were a handful, and, I, and I'm trying to think. Rosemary's did a casino restaurant once, right, which was a great off-strip restaurant in the early days. I think they went to a casino for a little while, didn't do it. They went in the well. Rio. The Rio, right. So right. There, there happened a handful of China experiments, Express. and I don't really did they have know. A, did, they have the top, did they have the top floor where Jean-Louis was? Yes. I mean... Come on, took yeah. That, like, yeah, like yeah, I don't know, I don't know how you how you don't. Is that, that really way. an opportunity? Or I mean, like yeah. it, it's the Rio, which is a, you know that's a different <laughs> situation. But but I mean, like if you're replacing Jean Louis Paldin, like yeah, stop. Okay, well, look, <laughs> like, I, I would love to see more opportunities, um, but I would also love, you know, I, I I think there's something to be said for. Look, when I go it, when I go into um, Disney World. And, you know, even if I know there's a great ice cream maker in, in Orlando, I'm not expecting them to carry that. I'll eat the Mickey Mouse pop, right? Because right. I'm in Disney World. That's what I eat. It's a tourist attraction. So, you know, there is something to catering to the tourist crowd. And I do think that people come from Los Angeles and they can't eat at these places in L.A. because it probably takes them two hours to drive a mile to the restaurant but in the L.A. Smart, yeah. So they come here and they're able to try these Some places. Of them, you know, like, well, they're able to try a version of these places. But are, are they, you know... If they give that, op- that same opportunity to Chef James, they're going to get the real Chef, Chef James experience. If they give that opportunity to a chef from Los Angeles or New York or anywhere else in the world and they're dialing it in and they're showing up once every six months, yeah. they're not getting the real experience anyway. So, so then let's, let's also look at the other thing that is I'm, I'm watching it happen and I'm super excited for it, which is for the first time ever, you see chefs from the Strip starting to open restaurants off strip yeah right to see rich carmoda and sean mcclain pair up with bruce to open soul belly that is a huge sea change to for the announcement of michael mina and adam sobel to be opening a restaurant in the southwest uh, that is a huge sea change for the city because now we're really getting their off strip concepts now we're going to see what they're really built of oh, i just want to thank you john i always anything anytime you feel strongly about anything you are welcome on my podcast to say what you <laughs> think just two quick things to james one yes we're getting more of the celebrity influence off the strip but guys like sheridan and brian and 
even Chris Heron were doing that. So I think that first wave has been, the foundation's been laid. And now it's very exciting to see this kind of higher profile, uh, these places come in. The last thing, James, is you mentioned all the people you don't want to talk poorly about. Uh, name a few you do want to talk poorly about. <laughs> and we will come back with another well. just for that. And we promised you food and loathing. I think we've got a lot of good food going on right now and a little bit of loathing, but all in fun. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed that segment. We will be back. This is Food and Loathing. Welcome back to Food and Loathing, and yes, this has been our first episode, believe it or not. I've had fun, Jason. What a wild ride, Al, and this is just the beginning. Um, this is going to be an interactive show. We want to hear from everyone, so please follow us on the show- socials, uh, email us, let us know what we're doing right, what you think we should do better, should we be longer, shorter, what's good, what's bad. Um, we're going to make this show for you and with you. Yeah, tell us why we suck. Don't just tell us we suck. Tell us why we suck, because that's what we call constructive criticism. And speaking of that, Rich, I got some notes for you. (laughs) Info at foodandloathing.vegas. If you have some of those comments, please send them that way. And please subscribe. Hit that subscribe button, because next week we've got virgin and vegans virgins and vegans it sounds like a sacrifice are we sacrificing uh people to the gods or something people are gonna have to tune in and find out so guys look for us on all the socials we're still working on them it's food loathing on instagram on facebook just look up food and loathing you can find me on facebook and instagram at jason harris comedy j harris comedy on twitter and please give a listen to my other podcast it's called awesome movie year it's me and film critic josh bell we break down different years why they were awesome movie years and if you like this podcast al not only subscribe it'd be great if you give us five star rating if you want to if not that's okay too i'm al mancini here with jason harris and rich johnson this is food and loathing stay hungry